Welcome to the Peace Over Pieces podcast, hosted by Clara Baldwin. Peace Over Pieces is a nonprofit domestic violence organization creating podcasts with victims while providing donations, hotline information, and resources. If you or anyone you know is in need of financial or emotional assistance related to domestic abuse, please visit our website for contact information. Now, without further ado, please enjoy the next episode. Hi, my name's Chrissy. I'm so glad that I'm able to have this opportunity of doing this little story. Well, it's not really a story, it's a real situation which has happened to me. My childhood's been good. I have no complaints. Seem to be quite functional. Six of us, I'm the youngest. Can I just say, I don't know. My experience in relationships has not been that great. So I'm not sure whether that's stemming from my childhood. As my mother and father had split up by the age, my age of being maybe 11, he wasn't the best role model, a womanizer, a gambler, a cheat, a liar. What I can remember, my mum was total opposite. Someone who worked hard and looked after the six children who made sure we had a roof under our heads. He didn't spend the money, but spent it on us and keeping that roof over our head. So, it, you know, growing up as a teenager without a father figure wasn't that great, but, hey, I have to say that's probably another story. But my relationships with guys, the longest relationship I ever had was actually with someone for around 13 years started off great, deteriorated slowly, but, you know, I still have feelings for him, he still has feelings for me, but we just decided to go our separate ways because it wasn't working for um, a number of reasons. Going to the abusive relationship, that kind of started about six months after I fully, fully said goodbye to my relationship of 13 years, which was on and off for a long time, a long time. This guy I met at an event, he said the right things, he made me laugh, he was very complimentary. I decided that I was going to meet him again a couple of weeks later at the same event, which we did. Again, very nice, very charming seemed really cool. I liked the vibe. I felt good. Not gonna lie. The third time I met him was actually on a date, the first date. And it was it was good. It was okay. Mutual place. Had a meal. My issue though is that I am too open with people and too generous. And from the off, there was red flags, which I chose to ignore. I totally chose to ignore them. Money. I paid for the meal. Why? Because I wanted to. Because he was going to use a credit card and I'm against credit cards. So I put it upon myself to pay for the meal. Second thing was some questions he was asking me. 
intimate sexual questions, which in hindsight I should have literally cut right off from the off, but I didn't. I made it continue. I thought it was great. I got turned on. I'm not going to lie. We left mutually, but agreed to meet the following week. I met him the following week, and that was a Sunday in a park, and I'd never done this before, but I ended up sleeping with him, didn't go home, stayed there for the night. Following morning, I went to work, and I was absolutely obsessed with him. Absolutely obsessed. The sex was great. I felt great. It had been a long time. Just thinking about it just really angers me. But I thought it was the right thing at the right time. I thought this was the one. I really did. Cut a long story short, very long story short. Um, he literally moved in within a couple of months. His excuse was he was going to be kicked out of where he was living and stuff like that. Again, with my big heart or stupid heart, however you see it, I thought, no, you can stay here. I've got a place. Don't worry. He stayed. We got on well. The first year, 2017, was fantastic. Oh, my God, it was fantastic. I felt great. He made me feel great. He made me feel wanted. I'd never felt that before, not even in my 13-year relationship. I thought this was the person who had come to save me. The one who was coming to be my prince. And so when you're in a situation like that, you really get blinkered and you don't notice or pay attention to what's really going on. Because what was really going on was that he was slowly, slowly manipulating me. Slowly manipulating me. This was... 2017, as I said, there was a lot what went on in that year. We went to different places. I showed him a great time. Why? Because I had money. I had a job. He didn't have a job. And I felt sorry for him. He always had a story to tell of how he was the beaten man and things were never going his way. And I was always there. So, oh, no, you'll be fine. But again, that's my problem because that's how I was in my, my past relationship. So sometimes when people see vulnerability in you, they really, really, really do prey on that, but you don't realise that they're preying on it. There were a number of red signs, red flag signs. The way he was acting, I should have acted on. I didn't act on them. I didn't. He was still in a relationship with his ex. He denies it, but he was. He was because he was always on about his daughter, his, at the time, 15-year-old daughter, who was still living in the home with her mum. And he, to keep the relationship, you know, good and even, he was always there early in the morning. Early meaning 7 o'clock in the morning. He would leave my house at 5.36 in the morning to get down there literally at least three times a week just to make sure his daughter's okay, just to make sure she's okay. 
and I was a mug and I fell for it because of the terrible girlfriend he used to be with and she's horrible and she's nasty and all this. By the way, I never met his daughter at all once when I insisted on meeting her and that was for maybe around 15 minutes at a cafe. <laughs> Just listening to what I'm saying is insane. Insane. But 2017 was uh, an interesting year. It was a bonding year. It was a getting to know the him year. It was ignoring all of the red flags year. It was I'm in love year. It was showing him to my, my family. They weren't keen on him, but no one really, really said anything because as far as they're concerned, I'm a big girl. I should know what I'm doing. But they did after. Anyhow, rushing to 2018. 2018 was the worst year of my life. That's when he was really showing his true colours. I didn't know what it was at the time, but I realised that he is a narcissist. That was the year where he tried to turn me absolutely crazy. He was telling me, he was trying to convince me that I was having an affair with my boss, that I didn't have any role models in my life who were worthy, that he didn't care about my mum. He didn't give an F what she thought about me, meaning about him. That was his words. And I ignored it because as far as I was concerned... He's okay, he's my man, and all that rubbish, all that rubbish. It was a painful, painful, painful year. I remember earlier that year, or actually in 2017, August 2017, we went to my boss's birthday party, his 50th birthday party at his house. In 2018, that was the year of the Football World Cup. I never knew, but on the final, it was France against another team. And he went down to my boss's house and dropped off a note there. I had no idea what was going on. I had no idea until later on that year, in November, when he told me, I went to your boss's house. He wasn't there. I left him a present for winning the World Cup. So I left him a note to tell him to contact me to organise a big party for your, a surprise party for your birthday in November. I never knew all of this until November when we went on an ill-fated trip, an ill-fated trip to the Gambia where he tried to literally destroy me there financially, tried to take money from me saying that he, he'd been there two weeks prior and uh, oh, I, I'm saying so much and it might sound really weird, but I'm trying to cram this all in as much as I can. But if I was to cram everything in, we'll be here for days. But anyway, he, he went to the Gambia early in November for two weeks. I then followed him a week later because that week later was going to be my birthday and then two days later, his birthday. So it was going to be a week for me in Gambia, his third week in the Gambia, celebrate our birthdays and then come back. But when I went to the Gambia, after him being there for two weeks, he surprised me without even me packing, unpacking my bags by telling me, I love it here. I'm not planning to go back to the UK. I like the culture. I've become a Muslim 
my name is now a new name and I want you to help me to help the people here with the money that you earn from your company, with the shares that you have, which he knew, with the salary that you have, which he knew. And that's when I, I literally tried to escape. I knew that it was the biggest mistake of my life, getting involved with this crazy guy. He was on about my boss saying, I contacted your boss in July. That was the that was the fun of the World Cup, the Football World Cup. He never got back to me. He never got back to me. What's going on? You're having an affair with him. Blah, 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 blah. It was just crazy. But cut a long story short, I got out of that situation. I left him there. I got out. I came back to the UK. He lived here, as I said. I decided to pack all of his stuff, put it in storage. He did not have a key to the house. When he went to the Gambia, he left the key, which was the best thing. He was contacting me. I ignored all of his contacts and everything. He then was threatening me over the phone. And then he kept on contacting me on WhatsApp. I never contacted him, but I did keep the WhatsApp message alive, meaning I didn't block him simply because I didn't want him to come to my house unexpectedly saying, I'm back in the UK, I'm coming. Because I wanted to wait for that date when he said that he was coming, which he did, that was in June 2019 at this stage. When I told him that he had to stuff it in storage and that I'll be sending all the stuff over to his daughter's house because I had the address for that. During this time, however, end of 2018, so a month after that ill-fated trip, I started getting a, a rash all over my body. This rash is called lichen planus. Um, I didn't know what it was. I found out later it's a form of my immune system just going on overdrive. It's dark blotches on my skin from top to bottom where it was alive. And when I say alive, meaning it was very itchy. And every time I scratched, bumps would come up and it would bleed. And I was like this for about six to seven months. It got worse and worse and worse. Even the doctors couldn't help me. And it was all it was all stress-related because of him, because of what happened throughout that year and because of what I put myself into, my fault, and um, put myself into that situation. So I had I had all that. I had him going on. I had then him contacting my boss because he had his mobile number. As I said, he had his mobile number by contacting him separately and saying, I'm sending him a letter, a resignation letter, saying it was from me. It was crazy that my boss is getting involved now and it's like, what is going on? What is going on? Come June... End of June, he contacts me. He says, I'm coming. I've got a flight. I'm coming back. All that time beforehand, he couldn't come over because he didn't have any money. And that's the reason why he was saying that he wanted money from me. So that's when I contacted him saying, your stuff's in storage. Bada bing, bada boo. Anyway, that's all in storage. He then goes crazy. I want my stuff blah, blah, this, that, and other, you owe me. I contacted the police. I warned the police what was going on. And then when the police came, they told me to block the number. I blocked the number. A week later, 11 o'clock at night, watching TV, getting ready for bed on a weekday, big thud at the door. He's trying to come in. He's at my house at 11 o'clock at night, breaking down my door. 
and he managed to do it. He managed to break down my door. I was on the phone to the police. The police were coming. I was hiding in the bathroom. While they were coming, he got through. I don't know how he got through the door, but he got through the door. Came. I heard him coming up like a rage. I was petrified. He came, he looked around, and then he went straight to the bathroom because he knew I was in there because the door was locked, was shut, and he busted the door down, and then he threatened to kill me. So he saw I was on the phone, and then he snatched the phone from me, saw it was the police, and threw the phone on the floor, and then left. That shook me up to no end. The police finally found him. There was a court case. Cut long story short, he has a restraining order. I had to see a therapist. I was that stressed. I saw a therapist for about two months. And then after the two months, she actually said to me, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And then she could, she advised me to get into martial arts. <laughs> I thought she was crazy. So I mean get into martial arts. Why would I want to get into martial arts? And a specific one called jiu-jitsu. But I did. I go to a gym. I I looked on my gym timetable and I noticed that jiu-jitsu was on there. I went there and this was the end of 2019. And um, and I haven't looked back since. Jiu-jitsu has totally saved my life, basically. I'm getting back to how I was. My scars over my body still reminds me of what I went through. The scars are slowly going but they're still visibly there. But I'm a changed person and I've come out and I've survived this crazy madness, which was my life from end of 2016 to the end of 2019. And then I was healing throughout COVID. The pandemic was the best thing that ever happened to me because I had time to think and breathe and be alone and to help myself. 2022 has been a fantastic year. I went back to jiu-jitsu after two years. I only started jiu-jitsu maybe about two months prior to the pandemic starting. So I went back to it January 2022 and I haven't looked back since. I'm a totally changed person. I'm a happy person. I'm rebuilding my life. I'm loving my life. I'm loving me and I'm forgiving myself for blaming myself on something which I shouldn't have blamed myself in the first place for. I shouldn't have blamed myself. When you deal with someone who's a narcissist, a real narcissist, oh my God, it's the worst, worst thing ever. If I didn't have family, friends, belief, I wouldn't be here right now with this message to you all. No way. My advice to people is if you feel that something isn't right, if you feel that the loving is not there, if you feel that you have to doubt yourself at any time and continually doubt yourself, if you feel that that person is not giving you what you deserve, happiness and love, get out of that relationship. It's not a relationship. It's not. It's someone who's torturing you and treating you like a puppet. And you're not nobody's puppet. You're yourself. You are your strong self. 
and you will get out of this issue, this situation, if you are in anything like this. You will get out, you will get the strength, how I got the strength, and you will win.